Glad you're with us. Post-Super Tuesday edition, Sean Hannity Show. All right, Minnie Mike the Farmer. All crime happens only in minority neighborhoods. Uh, go home and die. That's my health care plan. Uh, Minnie Mike Bloomberg, anyway, is leaving the race to defeat Donald Trump. He just took to the podium. Nominee. But I will not walk away from the most important political fight of my life, and I hope you won't walk away either. <laughs> I've always believed I've always believed that defeating Donald Trump starts with uniting behind the candidate with the best shot to do it. And after yesterday's vote, it is clear that candidate is my friend and a great American, Joe Biden. I've known Joe for a very long time. I know his decency, his honesty, his commitment to the issues that are so important to our country including gun safety, health care, climate change, and good jobs. And I've had a chance to work with Joe on those issues over the years, especially when he was vice president. He fought for working people. All right. It's, uh, you know, I've often said that the candidates get out of races and they give great speeches. That Their last speech is usually their better one. He actually seems better. You know why? Because he's like, oh, I'm out of this. Thank goodness. Because, you know, whatever it is, I, I remember with Mitt Romney, when he got out of the race before, I guess it was in 08 or whenever it was that he ran, I forget. And I, he gives the best speech of his life. And I'm sitting there thinking, here we go again. And that is that you get out of the race, you're unencumbered by your staff and the restrictions and the pressure that they're putting on you. And you feel like you're in a vice and you might say the wrong thing, like quid pro quo Joe, every second of every minute of every hour of every day. And. You know, you're just too uptight. I mean, the, I think that one of the big issues that defines Donald Trump's presidency, which is transformational now, is that this guy just goes and he's Trump. Trump is Trump. What you see is what you get. He is unlike every other politician. He speaks his mind forthrightly. It just hammers you, just says it. And the idea that people are feigning outrage like the mob and the media and the Democrats over, oh, did you hear what he said? Uh, you know what? The American people have adapted to the guy's style. But ultimately, it's going to be you, 244 days. It's not a done deal. I mean, if you look at the delegates, uh, Biden now at 566, 501 for, let's see, Sanders, 61 Warren, and uh, the farmer got... 33 he you know there's estimates i haven't gotten an exact number but because it keeps changing based on what the number is anywhere between 5 million to 13 million per per delegate and he's going to stay in the race spend a ton of money and he's going to try and do he, you know i always thought this was an ego thing for the mike the farmer i really did and i mean i i think he had the shock of his life last night so let me give you my analysis. I, I, I watched a lot of the coverage, not all of it. It got a little boring to me at times. I'm not impressed by any of them. They all are socialists. Nobody picked up on why did Bernie have this somewhat collapse last night? What, what was it? And everybody's saying, oh, it's just socialist. That's why. Well, that's maybe a small part of it. That's not the real defining issue to me. That's not what really happen okay well the democratic establishment coalesced around them that did happen that did help biden klobuchar uh mayor pete they helped a little bit but in the end what became more indefensible for democrats wasn't bernie the socialist democrat 
I mean, you can make a case, and I, I will make it in the course of this program, that quid pro quo Joe and his policies are equally extreme. It wasn't that at all. How do you defend? Remember, just in the days leading up to this primary, Bernie Sanders is out there defending murdering dictatorship regimes. He's, you know, defending the former Soviet Union. Uh, Okay, how many millions of Americans, um, not America, millions of people killed under Stalin? How could it? Well, their educational system was great. And it, it, it just, I think it was bewildering. But what he did was give every Democrat a reason to say, okay, no, it's indefensible. They weren't saying it, but it became indefensible. Castro. Murdering dictatorship, Cuba, poverty. And he's talking about the educational system there, a disaster. Healthcare there, a disaster. When Castro comes to power, what did he do? Confiscated land and and murdered people, murdering regime, just like the former Soviet Union where he, where he went on his honeymoon. And then, then it comes out about Daniel Ortega, and he doubles down on what is the indefensible. How do you defend murdering dictators dictatorships how do you defend the the colossal failure of these quote socialist experiments that he puts up on a pedestal you can't and if anything i guess it's not that joe is any less leftist because he's kind of right there with bernie not a whole hell of a lot of difference between them it's that he's not out there defending castro and the former Soviet Union and Daniel Ortega. That's a big difference. This gave the Democrats a reason to say, this guy's unelectable now. He's now, he's now stepped in it, and that issue alone is, is, will make him somebody that will be a pariah because you cannot praise murdering dictators, and that's what he's been doing for the last week leading up to Super Tuesday. Now, Part of the analysis that nobody's getting either, I I am not convinced at all that all of these Democratic analysts and pundits are excited at quid pro quo Joe. I don't think any of them are. They saw a very flawed candidate in Michael Bloomberg. And okay, he wants to take away people's guns and take away our big gulps. And if you're old and you're 95 and you have prostate cancer, his health care plan is to go home and die. We can't afford to take care of you. And that's all on tape. Then his comments about farmers, so uh, unbelievably ignorant. His comments on race, beyond troublesome. And so he became, it, it, he was never a viable option. The only thing he brought to the table really was money, not personality, not policy. He brought a lot of baggage with his money. So he became unelectable. Now, to get to Joe, okay, there wasn't any real other option. And it's that, but there are percolating issues that are going to be in the forefront, whether they want to admit it or not. The gaffe machine that is Joe Biden, and there were more gaffes last night. We've got an updated montage we'll be playing in the course of the program today. And you're going to want to hear. We'll do it right after the news at the bottom of the hour. But there is, and I'm, I'm going to try to say this in a charitable way. I'm not a doctor. I don't play doctor on TV. I've been saying that if you ever had a fastball, it's gone. If you ever had a softball, that's gone too. I mean, whatever it is, is officially scary that's going on cognitively with Joe Biden. It, is, it just is. 
And it's listen, he's he's 78 years old. I don't blame him. There's no there's no blame here. In many ways, I think you can actually feel sorry you're struggling so much. Uh, but clearly, to say it the way I would say it, he doesn't have the strength, the stamina, the alertness even that this job of president would require. You know, and, and everyone in the media and everywhere else, they're acting as though this issue doesn't exist. We're never going to talk about this issue. And I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. It keeps happening. And every time it happens, it gets worse. And it even happened again last night as, you know, we tried at one point to throw a little poetry as one, one article I read today said, our reach should exceed our grasp. And my reach does exceed our grasp because there's no doubt in my mind we can grasp uh, whatever we reach for. Okay, that's the exact quote. It's a little odd. Then, of course, it was a little odd again when he was introducing, I guess it was his mixing up his wife with his uh, sister. By the way, it's my little sister, Valerie, and I'm Jill's husband. Oh, no, this Oh, you switched on me. This is my wife. This is my sister. They switched on me. And then, of course, the, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal, endowed by, you know, the thing, the thing, the, the thing, the thing, the thing, of course, being God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and universes within universe, the God that created everything. I mean, this is pretty bad. Listen. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You, you know, know the you know the thing. You know the thing, and I got I tweeted out last night trying to be funny. Wow, he practice pays off for quid pro quo Joe. He practiced all day and night. And he was able to get it right last night after he botched it earlier. Then you know his son's the attorney general was never the attorney general. I'm running for the Senate. Okay, what state am I in? These are basic fundamental things that it's happening all the time. Now, so that's one issue. Maybe nobody's going to talk about it, but people will talk about it. That's just a reality. Uh, it's not something, uh, and I, frankly, I, I would accept that it should be dealt with delicately. I don't know what's going on, but it is troublesome to me. Whatever it is, is kind of getting a little scary now. And what if it keeps getting worse? So, you know, and does he have the strength, the stamina, the alertness that this job requires. That is a legitimate question for the country. It's not a diss on Joe Biden. Then he's got another issue that he has to deal with, and that will be the corruption issue. There is now officially a Burisma Holdings investigation in Ukraine that they started of their own volition, not by Donald Trump. And that is quid pro quo Joe. He's still on tape bragging that he leveraged a billion taxpayer dollars to get the prosecutor fired that was investigating his son that had zero experience being paid millions and millions of dollars. Now, Ron Johnson's also looking at it in the U.S. Senate. This is going to be a big issue because the evidence is incontrovertible and overwhelming. That's going to be a big issue. He also has a record. Now, all through 2016, I made a promise and a pledge to myself that I'm going to remind people of the eight-year record of Biden and Obama. You know, because, OK, they gave one hundred and fifty billion signed off on the worst deal ever with radical mullahs in Iran, one hundred and fifty billion cash and other currency to a country that chants death to America, a, a 10 year deal that literally they could just start building their weapons again in 10 years. No ev- anywhere, any place, any time inspections. None of that. No U.S. inspectors. 
Why would anybody ever do that? That's an issue. Then you compare that to the Trump foreign policy, which has been a success. Um, He's got a record on the economy. You know, 13 million more Americans on food stamps. Eight years, Biden, Obama. Eight million more in poverty. Lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. Lowest home ownership rate in 51 years. Worst recovery since the 40s. Accumulate more debt than all 43 presidents before them combined. He's got to run on that. He also has a record. I know people saying, well, coronavirus might slow the economy. It may very well. And we got to take it seriously. And the president, there's never been a president that acted more quickly. Now, I know 11 days into H1N1, they said it was an emergency to give funding away. But before the national emergency was declared by Obama six six months later, a thousand Americans had died. This is in 2009. We knew about it in April. By October, there were 1,000 dead Americans and 20,000 Americans that contracted the virus. Well, why didn't they put a travel ban in effect? Now, liberals might try to weaponize and bludgeon Donald Trump over corona. Well, the virus was first identified December 30th last year, but only as pneumonia-like symptoms. It was labeled corona January 7th of this year. Trump had a travel ban in place by January 31st. Controversial. No president ever acted this way in decades. And also Americans returning from infected areas, they were quarantined. I'd say he acted rather quickly and took it seriously. And I'd also argue that we will never be able to calculate how many Americans did not contract the disease because of his expeditious and controversial, because Biden said it was xenophobic at the time, efforts. All of this is going to come up in 244 days. We will. This will all be vetting out. These are all real issues. They can't. They can't ignore them. It's going to be dealt with. The American people. They they don't own every part of the media. They own most of it. But then they can ignore it all they want. The American people will be informed. Let me say something that may actually, uh, and I'm very serious about this. When we watched last night. Simone Sanders have to rush to stop a protester behind Joe Biden as he was speaking. That really scares me. We've got to protect our presidential candidates. This guy was a vice president of this country, whether I agree with him or don't. The courage that she showed and Joe Biden showed was actually beyond commendable, very courageous. But I don't know what's going on. I that, you know, I've said this all during the Obama years, the Trump years. I don't care who our elected politicians are. We got to protect them. They and that's they are sadly in a world of a lot of evil targets. And I was surprised in New Hampshire when we went to the Biden event. They didn't check anybody. Now, that to me is extraordinarily. Unwise, we we've got to protect all these people. You're running for the highest office in this land. You must have Secret Service protection. People must be screened before they come into any event. It's it is we have an obligation as a country to protect them. And I think that honestly, the hero of the night was Simone Sanders and Joe Biden. But they shouldn't have to do that. I don't know where the security breach went on. We got to fix that for everybody. All right, 25 now to the top of the hour. All right, as promised, look, these are the issues that I see going forward 
the biggest part of the equation for this election is going to be this is a this is the single biggest greatest choice election we will likely ever have in our lifetime. Now, I, I know that they would try to test, you know, at some point they're going to try and sell you. Oh, no, no, no. Joe's moderate. There's nothing moderate about Joe. You know, Beto O'Rourke, Mr. Gun Confiscator himself, uh, leading the administration's effort on on the Second Amendment. No, thank you. Him lauding the new Green Deal, his version of it. Uh, no, thank you. Because his... Uh, his foreign policy, bribing mullahs in Iran, getting nothing in return, chanting death to America, and then more chanting death to America. No, thank you. Uh, Health care to illegal immigrants, open borders, foreign policy, I, uh, you know, uh, extreme positions on abortion, late term abortion. And, you know, he hasn't once spoken out against the laws passed and proposed in Virginia, New York. Oh, well, we'll deliver the baby and we'll make sure the baby's comfortable and then we'll let the mother decide. Really? And then, of course, oh, does your bill allow for a woman that is in labor, dilating, to have an abortion? Yes, it does. Hello? Wow, that's extreme. He promises to raise your taxes. You know, he's even pledged to jail CEOs over climate change. I didn't even hear Sanders say that. So all of this is, okay, He that this will be a choice between liberty and freedom, socialism, redistribution, statism, whatever you want to call it. It is what it is at the most radical level ever attempted in this country, even after the failed policies of Obama-Biden. So that is the big picture. And then you've got his corruption issues. They're not going to go away. They're going to get worse for him because the evidence is overwhelming and incontrovertible. He is he's got a record that does not compare to Donald Trump's, be it on the coronavirus, which they're trying to politicize or on the economy or on foreign policy. That record will be clear. Two choices, you know, ending government regulation or adding huge government regulation, lower taxes, higher taxes, closed borders, open borders, you know, no restrictions on abortion, restrictions on abortion. You name every single issue. How, uh, putting the handcuffs back on our military rules of engagement. We're going to bring that back. That's a bad idea. By the way, I would argue, too, that you still have a, a chance of a brokered convention here. The corruption issues will be real. The record is atrocious that he has accumulated over his lifetime. His philo- The philosophical underpinnings of Joe Biden, very dangerous. This is at the worst level I've seen in my lifetime in terms of a threat to liberty, freedom, capitalism that has given us a standard of living that is the envy of the world. As I always say, we, we have used all of our liberty and freedom to create, to innovate, to advance the human condition, and we share it with the world, be it medicine, artificial intelligence, manufacturing, automobiles. The jobs came back in spite of Biden Obama saying they wouldn't. But it's going to and then this other issue, which is, OK, what whatever is going on with this gaff thing? I'm not a doctor and I'm playing one on radio or TV. He, he, it's obvious he does not seem to have the strength, the stamina, alertness, the focus that would be required for the hardest job in the world. And when you compare him to Donald Trump, there's no comparison. Donald Trump has the you know energy of 40 40 year olds 
Never mind a guy that is in his 70s. You know, Joe Biden's now 78 years old. You know, and, you know, we have a couple of montages. This is just the recent gaffes, meaning like in the last couple of weeks gaffes. Listen. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330. I'm here to ask you for your help. Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other guy. Give me a look, though, okay? We choose truth over facts. Play the radio. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman. We have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. But if Donald Hunt Donald Trump is reelected. <laughs> Freudian slip. Donald Trump does pose an extra strength to this. The, it's not hypothetical. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Words that stun the nation, and I would argue, I know, shocked the world. International leaders spoke about it. You had people like Margaret Thatcher. Excuse me. You had people like the, the former chairman and leader of the party in in Germany. You had Angela Merkel. Just like in my generation, when I got out of school, that. Uh, when Bobby Kennedy and Dr. King had been assassinated in the 70s, uh, late 70s, when I got engaged. My son, the one who, my deceased son, was the Attorney General of the United States, and before that, he was a federal prosecutor in one of the largest offices in the country, the, in, in Philadelphia. Look, tomorrow is Superstar Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? Detail. That's something I've heard from some voters, maybe not at your events, but well, details. No, but the details are irrelevant. I just spoke at a at Dartmouth on health care at the medical school, or not, I guess I wasn't actually on the campus, but the people from the medical school were at the, I'm, I want to be clear, I'm not going nuts, I'm not sure whether it was the medical school or where the hell I spoke, but it was on the campus. And folks, you know, all those Democrats who won uh, against incumbents, uh, from Jimmy Carter to a guy named Clinton, to a guy named Obama, my good friend, guess what? They had overwhelming African-American support. Although I admit, uh, Sully and his wife at an event in Los Angeles back in the, in the spring, late fall, early, I mean, late spring, late winter, early fall, early, anyway, you know what I mean. You must register that weapon. You must register it. When you register it, the likelihood of it being used diminishes exponentially. One of the things I'm proudest of is getting passed, getting moved, get, getting control of the Paris Climate Accord. I'm the guy that came back after meeting with Deng Xiaoping and making the case that I believe China would join if we put pressure on them. Why in God's name should someone who's clipping coupons in the stock market make, in fact, pay a lower tax rate than someone who, in fact, is, uh, like I said, the, a school teacher and a firefighter? Shipping and support our campaign. Text Joe 23. Excuse me, I got to get this right. Joe 230330. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. You know the thing.
The thing being the creator of everything. Endowed by our creator. Which, by the way, is true. And this is, you know, Thomas Paine said something. And I think it's so relevant. I quoted it to a, a friend last night. I was up late and just talking and talking and talking like I always do. Never shut up. And I just said, you know, for me, this is the biggest choice election we'll ever have in, in our lifetime. By the way, this is sobering. This whole, this, this gaff thing is, eesh. I put out a tweet. Okay, on a scale of one to a thousand, how scary is this now officially getting? It's, it's officially scary. Now, I know that the, the supporters of quid pro quo, Joe, they just, they just hate Trump. So they're going to act like this is not an issue. But it's, the American people are smart people. They'll, they'll, I think they'll, they'll raise the question in their mind, what the heck's going on here? Does he have the strength, the stamina, the alertness to do this job? This is this is the real deal. This is a dangerous world governed by the use of military force. We need somebody smart, sharp, strong, energized, engaged at the highest level. That's what you need. And I don't care who the president happens to be. I know Obama had a more laid back style of governing, but he was he was there and uh, he was involved and and engaged and he just. You know, he had a more laid-back attitude. That's fine. The corruption's going to be an issue. It's an issue in Ukraine, and it's going to be an issue in the U.S. Senate. The record is a disaster. That will be made plain to the American people. Like Acting like this is not there is not going to make this, whatever it is, go away. And it's all perfectly legitimate, just like the battle over where we are and want to be as a country, because it's socialism, statism. It is a constitutional America. It's America governed by the rule of law. It is a, an America where this, this false hope of government controlled every aspect of our lives and economy, and we're going to take away every fear you have. Well, how to keep your doctor plan and save money work out. Millions lost their doctors. Millions lost their plans. And everybody paid almost about, on average, 200% more. Uh, that didn't work out. What happened to the average family saving $2,500 per family per year? some point, that question might be asked during the campaign in 244 days. And he wants to double down on it. Almost 40% of the American population now has only one health care choice. Only one. Not anymore. Because all the health insurers got out of it. They didn't want to be in that business because it was bad business. And they'll lie about the president. The president's been very clear about Pre-existing conditions have been very clear. Uh, he doesn't support the Bloomberg plan either. Oh, you're 95, go home and die. And Republicans have laid out very, very innovative alternatives for concierge care, which we have discussed at length with Dr. Josh Humber, Atlas MD, Wichita, Kansas, that has been duplicated nearly a thousand times around the country or healthcare savings accounts. There's better ways to do it all. And, you know, and those are just, by the way, the other ones. So I said to my friend, I said, this is about this. You can go back to Thomas Paine. What is this really all about? You know, and, and he said, we're the guides and dictates of one's conscience, human beings. In other words, our, if we were more perfect as people, if it was irresistibly obeyed, there'd be no need for any other lawgiver. No need for government. He said that not being the case, human beings flawed dramatically. Government in its best state is but a necessary evil and it's worse stated an intolerable one why did reagan warn that america that he referred to as the shining city on the hill is but one generation always away from extinction 
because what made this country different, what has created the standard of living of wealth is is less government, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That doesn't say guaranteed health care, job, government, food, uh, pre-K. Uh, we're going to we're going to send you to college for free and we're going to forgive your loans for free and you're going to have retirement for free and we're going to get rid of the lifeblood of our economy, oil and gas, because they're evil and big corporations like them. And we're going to demonize rich people and we're going to empower the government and we're going to steal from this group of people that are successful, the ones that create the jobs, do the investing and the spending and building the factories and the restaurants and and get into the, the service and, and industries and everything else in between. No, we're going to take from them and more and more from them till we chase them out of here. Why do you think people are leaving New York in droves, New Jersey in droves, Illinois in droves, California in droves? They're leaving because of burdensome regulation and taxation. Then we're going to have the open borders and pay for illegal immigrants and their health care, too. How are you going to pay for all of that? It didn't work out on that one promise. Now they want to double down and every fear you have, they are going to take away from you in your life. It's not possible. It's unsustainable. Now, America has a choice here. Either we're going to buy into the false promises of a government nanny caretaker, socialist, womb to the tomb, cradle to grave society that has always failed or we're not. It wasn't really Bernie's socialism that that caused this loss last night. It became indefensible because he's out there praising one murdering dictator, dictator after another, from the former Soviet Union to the Castro brothers to Daniel Ortega and even Venezuela and say, well, that's going to be our America. Even, you know, they're looking for somebody that can hide it better. And Joe hides it a little bit better, but the policies are basically the, the same. Taxes are too low. Borders need to be open. Extreme positions on abortion, more regulation, more guarantees, more government intervention in your life, more redistribution, more statism right on down the line. That's what's at stake here. Now, he also has a record on viruses. That's going to be a big part. Everyone's saying uh, Donald Trump is he's going to be in trouble. Well, Joe and and Barack, they didn't do much as it relates to West Nile. You know, 11 days in, to their credit, they had a, I think it was their Homeland Security Secretary or Health and Human Services Secretary had declared an emergency so we could put some funding available when they first found out. Okay, that's commendable. But by the time Obama declared it was an emergency, 1,000 Americans died. And 20,000 had been contracted swine flu, H1N1. Oh, we get to get, they never put a travel ban in place. Donald Trump put it in in three weeks. They never quarantined people. Donald Trump did that in three weeks. The rate of infection, how much greater would it have been had he not followed his own gut? Because I know people that were in the room. Nobody supported it. They said, no, it's too soon. You're going to take a lot of hits for this. No, it's the right thing to do. We got to keep our people safe. And now I think Congress has agreed $7 billion, whatever it's going to be. Listen, we got to pay whatever it is. The president said he'll pay whatever it takes. We have to. We have to keep Americans safe. And there will people that will try and weaponize and politicize and bludgeon Donald Trump over that because they just hate Donald Trump. So it's really going to be we'll ignore everything about Joe, every all his crazy policies, ideas, lack of energy, corruption, gaff machine, uh, record that's atrocious just because we hate Trump. That's what it's going to come down to for the left. 
Now it's a matter of, and one of the untold stories of yesterday is, wow, Donald Trump set a record in every state with turnout. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330. I'm here to ask you for your help. Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other guy. Give me a look, though, okay? We choose truth over facts. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman. We have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. But if Donald Hump Donald Trump is re-elected. Freudian slip. Donald Trump does pose an excellent strength to this. The, it's not hypothetical. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. The words that stun the nation, and I would argue, I know, shocked the world. International leaders spoke about it. You had people like Margaret. That excuse me. You had people like the, the former chairman and leader of the party in in Germany. Look, tomorrow is Super Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? That's something I've heard from some voters, maybe not at your events, but well, details. No, but the details are irrelevant. I just spoke at a at Dartmouth on health care at the medical school, or not, I guess I wasn't actually on the campus, but the people from the medical school were at the, I'm, I want to be clear, I'm not going nuts, I'm not sure whether it was the medical school or where the hell I spoke, but it was on the campus. And folks, you know, all those Democrats who won uh, against incumbents, uh, from Jimmy Carter to a guy named Clinton, to a guy named Obama, my good friend, guess what? They had overwhelming African-American support. Although I admit, uh, Sully and his wife at an event in Los Angeles back in the, in the spring, late fall, early, I mean, late spring, late winter, early fall, early, anyway, you know what I mean. You must register that weapon. You must register it. When you register it, the likelihood of it being used diminishes exponentially. One of the things I'm proudest of is getting passed, getting moved, get, getting control of the Paris Climate Accord. I'm the guy that came back after meeting with Deng Xiaoping and making the case that I believe China would join if we put pressure on them. Why in God's name should someone who's clipping coupons in the stock market make, in fact, pay a lower tax rate than someone who, in fact, is, uh, like I said, the, a school teacher and a firefighter? Shipping and support our campaign. Text Joe 23. Excuse me. I got to get this right. Joe 230330. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. By the way, it's my little sister Valerie, and I'm Jill's husband. Oh no, this is oh you switched on me. This is my wife. This is my sister. They switched on me. They, they switched on me. You know the thing. The thing. The thing that made everything the God person thing. Um, anyway. Hour two, it is our, our post-Super Tuesday edition of the Sean Hannity Show. Um, amazing stories that have emerged, in my mind, out of this. Big problems, whether they want to admit it or not. The, oh, okay, we got rid of Bernie. 
Okay, what are, what are Joe's problems? Well, you just heard one really big, there's this like huge pink elephant in the room. And it's like, yeah, no, we can't talk about it. He's a gaff machine a second, and it's actually getting very scary. And he doesn't seem to have an ability to stop this, 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 I don't know what you call it. It's, he's prone to saying just the oddest, weirdest things, forgetting everything, not remembering the state he's in the day it is. Um, number two, he has a record, and that record on the economy, on foreign policy, and, oh, yeah, on H1N1, on a virus, that is going to be brought up time and time again because President Trump has a record. There will be comparisons. He has major corruption issues that will be a big part of this race, a new, uh, brand-new Ukrainian investigation into quid pro quo Joe, zero experience hunter, paid millions, so that's going to be a problem. Then you got the Senate investigation into the same. Uh, another untold story from last night is the absolute numbers that Donald Trump pulled in, which are historic and unprecedented. Now, the massive turnout that we first saw in Iowa, then New Hampshire, then South Carolina continued big time last night. And we, you know, we had the 31,000 vote total in Iowa caucuses, surpassing the 25,000 Democrats that turned out for Obama's second term. And if you look at the numbers last night, this this now pattern continues. In Vermont and Minnesota, Trump's vote totals beat every past incumbent total now for the last four decades. In Maine, the president's vote total bested every primary candidate's uh, total before Ronald Reagan. In Massachusetts, the story was similar Trump getting a higher vote total than past incumbent Republicans before Reagan. And uh, even California, uh, the, the president was pulling in huge numbers. You look at a state like, you know, turnout numbers showing enthusiasm in Colorado, for example. The Republican turnout for Trump yesterday was greater than the past three Republican primaries combined. So obvious enthusiasm all across the country in every state for Donald Trump. Anyway, here giving us their snapshot view of all of this, our pollster friends, John McLaughlin, Matt Towery, Scott Rasmussen. By the way, Scott, is somebody like um, not reporting your numbers on purpose? I read something on Twitter that you might have put out. What's going on there? <laughs> well, I, I have no idea what you read on Twitter, but, uh, you know, I'm putting out my own numbers. Uh, I'm not with Rasmussen Reports anymore. I haven't been since 2013, but... Um, if we have polling data, I'm happy to share it on your show and anywhere else. And all three of you have a great track record. All right, what's your takeaway from last night or your big takeaways? Well, Sean, I think the biggest takeaway is what a shocking one-week turn of events. You know, from the question of whether Bernie Sanders would go into the convention with a plurality lead and would the Democratic establishment take it away from him, to it looks like Joe Biden is going to go in with the lead and – as you point out, that presents a different sort of problem. And the, the fight is still going to go on. Bernie Sanders this morning is helping out President Trump by running ads against Joe Biden in Florida, hitting Biden on topics like Social Security and Medicare. So this Democratic fight going to keep continuing for a while, but looks like Joe Biden is in a much better position than any of us would have expected a week ago. Matt Tower, your take on last night. Well, I look. I, I was I was surprised. It was it was truly a, a bigger surge for Joe Biden than any of us I think really expected. Um, the fact is, Elizabeth Warren played a critical role in all of this because she continued to hang in there 
And in all of these states where it looked like Bernie had a chance to win, he'd lost that opportunity in part because Elizabeth Warren was taking votes away from him because the vast majority of her votes would probably go to, to Bernie Sanders otherwise. But now he's losing his opportunity to win ultra-liberal states because so many of them have now voted. And you're going into Florida, and you're going into Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia. Those are states that Biden's going to carry, and he's going to carry them big. Your thoughts, John McLaughlin, is it Biden's now to lose? Does he get the nomination outright? Does uh, that Are the chances now of a brokered convention uh, significantly lower today? Oh, I, I don't think we're going to have a brokered convention, but the Democrats are clearly losing him. One thing you have to have is a moment of silence for, as we've been saying, for Mayor Bloomberg. So his campaign has gone, gone just totally physical. I don't think it ever – it shows you one thing. You, you know, you can't buy charisma, a personality, or a, the Democratic nomination if you have no personality. And uh, I think – how much did he spend per delegate? Like an astronomical it, sum. It's going to be over $700 million. And when you look at it, when you look at what they've spent, I mean, and look who's on the stage, the Democrats. This is going on for a little while because they've narrowed their field to, okay, Bloomberg, the old guy's out. And you got Joe Biden and, and, and Sanders. I mean, President Trump is the youthful candidate in this field. And he's the one <laughs> with all the energy. And look at it. Who could be president? I mean, it's a big win for, for Donald Trump because, as you pointed out, the media did not report this. There were Republican primaries across the country, and they were nearly unanimous, and they had strong turnouts. They didn't walk away and say, oh, he's unopposed. No, they said, let's go out and vote for this president. And and so Republicans were out there. there was, the what makes this historic is there was no need for them to go out and vote for Donald Trump, but they did it in right. record numbers anyway. And in some right. states, outperforming even the Democrats, and this is their real primary night. That, that to yeah. me, you know, deserves a lot of attention. And let's go back to the core contrast here, where to get the nomination, Biden over the last couple of weeks has been taking all identical positions to Sanders on whether it's free health care for illegals or open borders or is catch and release with immigration, immigration uh, raising taxes. And then we still got to mention the big winner because he's been getting no press at all. The big winner is Hunter Biden. Think of the contracts and think of the business he can now generate because of this. So if you want to get in, if you want to get into the Democrat swamp in Washington now, get Hunter Biden on your payroll real fast. All right. Let's look at the, the other big headlines. And all right. Look, just looking. We got a gaff a minute from Biden. Uh, everybody's talking about it except the media and the Democrats. They seem to just want to ignore it, acting as though it doesn't exist. Uh, is that going to play out well, that strategy, Scott Rasmussen? Of course, it's not going to play out well. And, and you know, you've already mentioned uh, Donald Trump is going to be the youthful guy on stage. Uh, when those debates happen, the, the, I think the energy level, the gaff level will be a big factor. But the Democrats aren't looking at this the way you're describing it. You know, you're talking about Joe Biden as their choice. This is actually a Democratic team effort. We had to put somebody up. The reason Joe Biden won South Carolina was because of an endorsement from Representative Clyburn. The reason he won Minnesota, one of the big surprises last night, is because of the endorsement from Senator Klobuchar. The Democrats were saying we need to find a way to stop Bernie Sanders. The only guy who we can prop up to make this happen is Joe Biden. So let's get together and make it a team effort. And we're going to count on the hatred of Donald Trump among our base to carry us to victory. 
uh, and that's what they're counting on right now. How big an issue, Matt Towery, will the GAF issue be, the corruption issue heating up both in Ukraine and in the U.S. Senate, uh, the poor record, foreign policy record, economic record compared to Trump's, uh, and this enthusiasm that is historic in terms of people turning out even on a night they don't need to turn out to vote for Donald Trump? Well, the latter two issues that you mentioned will be important to firing up Trump's base, which is obviously already fired up. But the gaffe issue has real uh, significance, but it has to be handled in the right way. You've got to have uh, third-party groups that can run the very sort of montage that you ran, which, quite frankly, I have to say, it had me chuckling. Um, I mean, it's just hard to imagine. But that's going to have to come from third parties. Now, I know the president's going to call him Sleepy Joe and this, that, and the other. I, I get that, and that, that all works. There's nothing wrong with it. But when you get down to a person truly having trouble remembering where they are, where, what they did, that's a real delicate issue, especially with older voters in America who often run into that same problem as we get older. So it'll be hand, yeah. have to be handled the right way. I don't disagree with that. I mean, honestly, it's, it's now, oh, it's like cringe. It makes you cringe. And it's like, why are you doing this to this guy? He, he doesn't ha- seem to have the energy for this battle that you are putting him in. And it, it, part of it, you know, I guess there's a, a, a possibility, you know, a lot of people are going to start feeling sorry for him if this keeps happening. And I don't see any stoppage here. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back more with our pollsters as we continue the Sean Hannity Show. All right, final prediction with our pollsters, John McLaughlin and Matt Towery and Scott Rasmussen. All right, how does this end in terms of the primary? And if you had to make a prediction now, John McLaughlin, who wins in November? The, uh, President Trump's going to win, but we're running like, it's, like we're behind. But I will tell you, remember four years ago, you were with me, or you had me there with you before your show when we said to Donald Trump he was going to lose Wisconsin the next day. And then he came back and won New York and, and sealed it in. Well, he won Indiana, Indiana next, if I believe, right? Well, it took, no, no, there was, uh, there was New York, then a bunch of Northeast states, then Indiana. Indiana, we sealed it when people didn't think we would, and they were talking broker convention. Here, this is going to go on for a while. Scott was right. You've got, you've got big problems between uh, Biden and Sanders, and Sanders said... All right, how does it end, though? I only have a few seconds. It, it, it ends with a weak, weak Joe Biden, and ends with Donald Trump winning re-election. Matt Towery, how does it end? Weak Joe Biden, strong Donald Trump, but Trump has to handle his coronavirus right. He's going to Atlanta tomorrow with the CDC. Don't praise them. Kick their butt. They need to get into another gear. I'm from Atlanta, and I know. Scott Rasmussen, how does it end? It ends with Bernie Sanders giving a very petulant speech at the Democratic convention that just tears the party further apart and leads to a a victory at the convention for Joe Biden and in the general election for Donald Trump. All right. Thank you all for being with us. 244 days. The ultimate jury is you, the American people. Quick break. Right back. When we come back, wide open telephones, the other news of the day, and there's a lot of it as we continue. We ha- we're in a very uh, a dire situation with Trump in the White House. Mm-hmm. The stakes are extremely high. People will lose their health care. They'll lose their rights. They're going to lose their safety net if he wins again. I wonder if Americans are aware of this, including the Trump supporters who will lose their health care. The Republicans are working to undo Obamacare every day. Yeah. And this is what you have to look forward to if Trump is back in the White House. Mm-hmm. Who needs him there? 
Yeah. Get him out. <laughs> I need somebody who can say, here's how we put back the EPA. Here's how we put this back. Because those are things that I actually need. They're things that we all need in the country. Yeah, like oxygen. Well, can you know? air. <laughs> and clean yeah. water. Listen, people want change. I like oxygen and clean water and everything. And your health care, it's all going to go away if Donald Trump remains president. Um, yeah, it's just a typical playbook predictable playbook of liberals in the media and the mob and and elsewhere this is who they are this is what defines them and it really it's sort of like the bifurcation issue all over again it, it, the fact that ukraine is really doing a real investigation not prompted by donald trump into barisma holdings and their corruption and the biden's and quid pro quo joe and the shakedown and fire the guy who's investigating my zero experience son being paid millions. That's an issue. It's also happening in the U.S. Senate. We have an issue. He's got a record to run on. And compared to Donald Trump's, it's not particularly a good record. Uh, we we will com- compare and contrast those records. This enthusiasm that we see in every primary state, every caucus state, for Donald Trump, people showing up in record numbers is real. You know, the idea that we're just going to ignore this this big purple elephant in the room, which is this gaff machine that is Joe Biden. American people are not going to ignore it. It might not be. It'll be discussed probably a little bit more delicately. Look, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to play one on radio. I have no idea. It just seems to be something dramatically off. I, You know, if he had a fastball. He doesn't have it anymore. If he had a soft pitch, he doesn't seem to have it anymore. He seems like he's just, you know, getting enough energy. Go out there, make a few gaffes, say a few things, act like you're really engaged and get back in the bus and take a nap. Doesn't seem to have the stamina, the energy that one would need to do this job. You want to know somebody that has the energy to do this job and then some would be Donald Trump. The comparison is stark. Uh, The unknown factor, which is Corona, we don't know. There's a lot of fear mongering going on out there that is and has impacted the economy. We don't know the it's an interconnected world. We have a global economy. Uh, It does matter if China's production manufacturing uh, shuts down, slows down. It will have a ripple effect around the world. And as we get closer, hopefully to some type of vaccine, uh, some type of not quarantine, but some type of ability to contact trace, prevent further contraction of the disease. And that's all going to be part of a process. And we have the best, the greatest scientists, medical experts in the world that are working on this now 24 seven. There is hope that we are getting close. The president will be at the CDC tomorrow. It'll be interesting to see what goes on there. I'll ask him about all of this tonight on Hannity. But I think that this is going to be the biggest choice election in history. I don't know why, but people want to say, oh, thank goodness it's Joe, because Joe's Joe's the moderate. He's not the moderate. Uh, Okay, the guy that's going to put Beto O'Rourke, the most extreme individual in the country, to lead his administration on what would be gun confiscation. Okay, that doesn't seem to go over well. I don't think that'll go over well in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, or Michigan. Just my guess, or Ohio. His foreign policy, okay, it's actually worse than 
Bernie Sanders isolationism and, frankly, anti-Semitism. I think his foreign policy disasters culminating in the worst deal ever in the history of mankind, the attempted appeasement of radical mullahs in Iran with $150 billion in cash and other currency. He has a record with Obama, 13 million more Americans, food stamps, 8 million more poverty, lowest labor participation rate from the 70s, and that will be compared to the 8 million fewer Americans needing food stamps now since Donald Trump's been elected. The 8 million, nearly 8 million jobs that have been created. The manufacturing jobs that weren't coming back are coming back. People will compare. They'll look at the president's record, his promises that he made, and did he keep them. On tax cuts, he kept it. Ending burdensome bureaucracy, he kept that too. Uh, getting the money to build the border wall, it's being built. Worked hard, had to go back door sideways and every other way to get the money. He got it. They're building it. New trade deals, freer and fairer, benefiting American business, American energy companies, car companies, manufacturing uh, companies, the energy sector in so many ways. I mean, that's all energy independent for the first time in 75 years. Uh, this, the, these are unprecedented levels of success. And I think right now when you look at things, you know, look, all right, Bernie Sanders has 501 delegates to date. Biden, 566. Is Sanders as dead and out of it as people are saying? I'm not, well, it's yet to be determined. Maybe. He may be. I'm not sure. That'll be up to the Democratic voters. But I would think one of the two will likely emerge as a candidate. I think the, I think the possibility is low of a broker convention, although that would be a total shift show. And I think people would like that. Uh, all right, let's go to, uh, let's say hi to Mateo. He's in Oklahoma. Mateo, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean. Oh, I've been waiting for this moment for quite some time. Good to talk to you, sir. The pleasure's all mine. Good to talk to you. Uh, hey, listen, I um, I think that Donald Trump is going to win in a, a landslide victory more than even people can predict. And the biggest reason is because, I mean, there's a lot of closet Trump voters and supporters. But bigger than that, like, you know, I live in Oklahoma and I go door to door for a profession. So I'm very in touch with the community, if you will. And the 90% of the people that I meet, and, you know, between the ages of 40 and 90 years old that have been lifelong Democrats are switching to Republicans. And some of them are switching in and registering as Republicans or still Democrats, but they vote Republican. And I think that it's not just in Oklahoma, that it's nationwide. And the biggest reason, because obviously Trump is exposing the truth. You know, and a lot of people are done watching CNN and watching other uh, news outlets. So it's going to be the biggest victory, I think, in the history of the United States. Because Listen, of one, I don't one I just victory. don't have I don't have the ability to project. I've I've never maybe I'm too involved in my profession. I, I get a gut sense, a gut feeling uh, by every historical pattern metric that we currently have, if the election's held today, the president wins by a lot. But it's always hard. You, you just can't assume that a Republican is, is going to, you know, run the table because that's what's needed. North Carolina, you need Ohio. No Republican has ever made it to the White House without the Buckeye State. You need Florida. We remember swinging, hanging, dimpled, pimpled. 537 votes down there in 2000. Uh, then you got to pick off Pennsylvania. Never easy. And that would also include Wisconsin and Michigan, maybe Minnesota. I'd like to see New Hampshire in play. I'd like to see 
Uh, Nevada in play and New Mexico in play. Arizona's pretty much a must win for the president. You know, he starts out. I don't I don't see high odds of him winning New York, California, New Jersey or Illinois. So I'm my the way I approach an election is to assume that the better candidate is behind the one you're supporting and assume that you need to cross the plane. You got the two minute drill, no timeouts and kick the field goal to win. Uh, never an easy task, but it always happens. If, if you if everybody has that mindset that, uh oh, this could all end and this is going to replace it, then I think we win because I think we win on ideas. I think conservatism always, no pun intended, trumps liberalism as applied as policy. The more restrictive control that liberals put on, the false promises, false hope that they give, their extreme policies on open borders and health care for illegals and sanctuary cities and late term, even up to birth abortion and, and that kind of madness. All of these things should factor in. It is not by accident that we've had this unprecedented economic growth. It's not by accident that the president beat the caliphate, took out Baghdadi, Soleimani, and the al-Qaeda leader in Yemen. It's not by accident that we're energy independent. It's not by accident the wall's being built. So it's not by accident that this president did something bold with corona but won't get any credit for it. I think that, you know, this is a case that has got to be made on a daily basis for the next 244 days. And if people are open, fair, objective, and they look at what works, what doesn't work, Donald Trump wins. Conservatism wins. Uh, Colin in Texas. Colin, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hi, Mr. Hannity. How's it going? I'm good, sir. Where are you from? Uh, well, I was born in England, uh, moved to Canada in 79, immigrated down to the U.S. here in uh, 2001, and here I am in the great country of Texas, loving it. Uh, you are living in the great... I wish... To, listen, if people are going to move from California or Oregon or uh, Washington <laughs> to Texas, just keep, leave your liberal policies with you. Don't ruin I, that, the state you're moving to I like agree. you ruined the one you left. I agree. We just had a, we just had a big company here moving, about 10,000 people moving in from there in California. Just don't bring that junk here, pal. Please don't. Anyway, right. Mr. Hannity, I'll have to tell you something. Like when I, when I, uh, I've lived in a socialist country uh, in the UK, and, it, and it's not pretty. You know, my parents emigrated to Canada to give us a better life. You know, so I, I, I've lived there, and I've, and I've been on welfare in Canada. And, Canada, and you know, welfare's not good. It's there to, you know, some people take it as it's a, it's a, it's a gift. It's not. It's there to just to get you up and get going. So anyway, I'm, when I moved down to the U.S., and I'm going to tell you, you've heard it all this before, I came with a bag of clothes and a couple of dollars in my pocket. I got married, met my wife, uh, you know, got a job and, you know, worked my way up. You know, I've, we've lived in one-bedroom apartments, in a trailer home. You know, now I've got a small little business, not a big one, a little tiddly one, up, in, up here in, North, in North, North Fort Worth, and it's starting to boom. I've never what's, your, what, what's, your, what's your business? Well, I've got a small little trucking company there's only one truck and i i do hospitality uh installations that's uh you know that, that's what i kind of do so that's awesome you do it for I'm, big companies you do it for hotels what do you do yeah well i install the furniture that's what i do you know put all the all the, all the hotel furniture in rooms that sort of stuff there all the lobby furniture and you know and and truck stuff across the country too 
Uh, awesome. so what I'm saying is, Sean, I, I never had this this chance under the under when we had the last president uh, was it Emperor Obama. I, when we were stuck. I mean, I, I was working a little menial job, and now with Mr. Trump, President Trump coming in, who I met by the way down at Hurricane Harvey, because I'm part of the you know the Texas military forces. Uh, you know, it's given me an opportunity to purchase a truck and you know and get going. And uh, that's that's the, you know, and the American people have embraced me. You know, I've got my citizenship. Uh, great people everywhere I go across this country. And, uh, I just let don't me tell you something. Freedom, freedom is a great thing. You know, I it always is, quote my is. friend Barry Farber. You know, you you are describing the quintessential American dream story, and it's you're describing my life in many ways and my parents' lives in many ways. Um, and they grew up dirt poor, and my grandparents came here from Ireland with nothing, all four of them, nothing. You know, 10 bucks in their pocket, that's not a made-up story, it's real. And this great country gives us the ability, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not the guarantee of a job, of healthy food, a vacation, retirement, you know, health care. There's nothing, you know, government in its best state is but a necessary evil, in its worst state, we know how intolerable it can become, as Thomas Paine said. And we have, this This is coming down to liberty versus freedom. This is coming down to statism, socialism, uh, redistributionism versus free market capitalism. I choose free market capitalism. I choose freedom. I don't believe the false hope, the narrative that we're going to, every every insecurity we have in life will be handled by a government. They're too corrupt. Anyway, great story. Thank you for sharing it. We appreciate it, Colin. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? We'll take a quick break. We will come back, and we will continue. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. All right, we have Bill O'Reilly coming up at the uh, top of the hour. All right, spring is here. I mean, it's March 4th. That means a lot of you now getting the warmer weather. Not quite here yet in the Northeast, but it's, it's coming. And that means it's, uh, yeah, get out the lawnmower, cut the grass time. And our own Linda picked up her Hustler Turf Zero Turn Lawnmower. This is a family. I got to tell you, this thing is amazing, Sean. I just, I just, I got to interrupt for one second. Linda loves cutting the lawn now. Honestly, I really do. First of all, I look very savvy. It's a, it's a sharp looking machine. Do you got like all dressed up to cut the lawn? Oh, absolutely. I put makeup on, a little (laughs) mascara, and then I hop on the Hustler. It's it's fantastic. Oh, man. But it does make a difference. It does it faster. It does it better. The, the, these are engineered to outperform every other lawnmower on the market, tested, put through the ringer, tested some more, guaranteed durability, harshest conditions. And I would think that, you know, people want a lawnmower that's going to last. And yeah, no, 100 percent. I mean, it's like I have more time with my son. I'm able to, you know, get this done in a hurry. I'm not paying somebody else to do it anymore. I can just get it done. Bada bing, bada boom. And then go about my day and my grass looks great. What I love is they create jobs in the heartland. For our fellow Americans, and they've been doing it since the 60s. It's a family-run business. They are great at what they do. They have defined building the best lawnmowers, period. Now, you can check out and find the nearest retailer when you go to HustlerTurf.com. Take out your cell, pound 250, keyword lawnmower. That's pound 250, keyword lawnmower. Test it out for yourself. Right now, you also get an extended warranty absolutely free. So if you're thinking about your new mower and you want the best one on the market, Check out our friends at HustlerTurf.com or take out your cell, dial pound 250, use the keyword lawn mower. 
All right, when we come back, all things Simple Man Bill O'Reilly, his take on Super Tuesday, Corona, and much, much more. The president on Hannity tonight at 9. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. In the final hour of the Sean Hannity Show. What a night it has been for Joe Biden. What a race it's been. Unbelievable. I took a nap because I knew that I would be up late. And I woke up and I thought I was still dreaming. Joe Biden, I, you can only say, is overperforming what everyone thought he would do. I'll wear the pundit cone of shame because I, I came out here and thought, after the first three contests, it felt like, as of somebody who's been in campaigns, including some losing ones, that Biden's campaign had that stink mm. you know, of death that campaigns get. And watching him pop up out of the coffin tonight like The Undertaker at a WWE match has been really, really <laughs> amazing. Joe Biden wins Massachusetts. He was open to win Minnesota. Joe Biden won Minnesota. Joe Biden, coast to coast here. This is a night for Joe Biden. This was supposed to be the Sanders delegate night. Sanders said something last night. That I thought was interesting, and I don't know it to be true. He said, you know, voters don't want the same old, same old. Yes, they do. If anybody told you the morning after Super Tuesday Joe Biden would be 76 delegates ahead of Bernie Sanders, they would be lying through their teeth at this point in time. That's how big of a night Tuesday night was. And they saw a person that they remembered that they liked and believed in. And that's the person they saw last night. Unbelievable. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number you want to be a part of the program. If it's simple, man, it means it's Bill O'Reilly. All things O'Reilly at O'Reilly.com for his take on the results last night. Super Tuesday. I don't believe that I, I watched this coverage. I don't think any of these Democrats are loving Joe Biden. I think they're stuck with him and they're just going to put on an act you got a very flawed candidate here, uh, Mr. O'Reilly, in a lot of ways. you got this you know, pink elephant in the room. Is, he's a gaff a minute. That's number one. you got the corruption issues both in Ukraine and the U.S. Senate. These are real corruption issues that I think will be a big part of the campaign. He has a record to run on, and you'll compare his deal with Iran versus Donald Trump's foreign policy success. Uh, and the success on the economy, which they didn't have in the eight years of Obama-Biden, and Trump enthusiasm, record numbers in every state that he has a primary so far, and people had no reason to show up. Is that a question? My God. It's a question. I mean, this is I'm my... So simple, I can't that, that, grasp it. All right, you know, if you just, if you just you focus, a, Joe, me, you'll get there. Let me tell you where I am, all right? Biden's tougher to beat than Sanders. Trump wants to run against Sanders. That's not going to happen because the fix is in, and you and I explained that last week, and I hope all your listeners were there last week because we laid it out. Bernie's not getting a nomination, all right? He can run around. He can talk. He can wave. He can do whatever he wants. Not going to happen. So Biden's going to get it unless he self-destructs, and that's the only reason that Bernie's got any hope. So I... I didn't watch the ridiculous coverage because I was doing my own analysis on the No Spin News last night. While Hannity was off, I want everyone to exactly. know. Exactly. I was Hannity off the was air, so why, why would you not watch if I'm not on? No, you were being fed grapes. You were being fed. <laughs> he was off. No, I, was, I was having fun entertaining me. myself tweeting. Yeah, I'm on the No Spin News giving it to you straight. Biden didn't do anything. 
He did not. Oh, what a comeback. Joe just got off the floor. The only reason Joe got off the floor is because he fell down 15 times. All right? He didn't do anything. It was Clyburn in South Carolina that saved Joe's bacon. All right? And the African-Americans rallied to his cause in the Palmetto State. That translated into North Carolina, Virginia, Alabama, and away we go. Biden didn't do anything. I don't even know if Biden knows he won last night. Did anybody tell him? I don't I think know they told they him. I'm thinking he probably heard from somebody. Yeah, yeah. But he thought Super Tuesday was on Thursday, did he not? So I think and he's, wor- he's, he's working two days down. Anyway, look, I'm just kidding, Joe. Uh, he is a tougher opponent for Donald Trump than uh, Bernie Sanders would be. Uh, and here we are. Unless Biden does something really insane... He's going to get the nomination. Okay, now let's let's analyze where the weaknesses are, and this is what I was getting to. I yeah, think corruption right. is going to be a real issue. Sure. You got a Ukrainian investigation, you got a Senate investigation. He's on tape, quid pro quo, zero yeah. experience, Hunter. All right, then but you've everybody got everybody knows that everybody knows it. right, but it's going to. Be, but so now they it's still but, voted for him. You got to understand. Well, the Democrats uh, voted for him, but that's yeah, not a general yeah, election. Yeah, yeah, but in America today. People are numb because every day is somebody else did this is horrendous and what would have killed people 10 years ago doesn't now. All right. So that what it's going to come down to is a debate between President Trump and Joe Biden. And if Trump wipes him out, then Trump will win. If for some reason Biden comes up and makes Trump look bad and Trump doesn't have it. Then it's going to be real close. The odds today for betting have uh, Trump about 60% to win and Biden 38%. Those are the betting odds for the uh, lads in London. That's the so real money, by the way. The Republicans are, are in pretty good position right now. I would agree. I think a lot will come out of the debates. I think there'll be a lot of coaching. I mean, We heard Joe Biden say we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal and that they're, you know, that thing, the the thing, you know, the thing that would be the creator of everything. Yes. Right. Didn't want to bring in the deity because the deity is not popular among uh, many liberal. uh, Well, Bill, Bill, you got hang on. You're you're not hearing this right. He didn't remember. Let's play. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. <laughs> created by you know the thing. The I love thing. it. I, you know you could do. You should do Hannity is put together a CD. They still have CDs. I, they I do actually. I, they, I thought you were going to ask for an eight track bill, but go no, ahead. No, I'm, that's my world. But <laughs> if you could do a CD just on Joe's gaffes, I mean they're just. And, Bill, and, we've, been, we've been playing it all day, a two-minute long. And, and, and by the way, that's only the recent hits. Yeah, all right, now, let, let me ask this in a serious and delicate way. There but obviously again, is this th- th- There is this issue that people are kind of on the peripheries, don't really want to talk about, and that is what's really going on here. I don't think it's fair to do that, though. We don't know what's going on here. I don't. And That's what I'm saying. Fair. I don't have no idea. I'm not a doctor. Right. But what is fair is for Americans to say, look, the man's 78 years old, Joe Biden. 
all right? He obviously does not have control over what he's saying. And you can coach him all day long. It's not going to matter. It's here's the deal. Uh, the fact of the matter, the fact, the fact, you know, it's like, what are you saying? He doesn't have control over what he's saying. So Americans are going to have to make a decision. Do we want our leader to be inarticulate and perhaps in a daze, or do we want a guy who's been pretty darn effective in the economy and some foreign affairs stuff, even though a lot of Americans don't like Donald Trump? So that's a decision people are going to have to make. So I'm just looking at at what you're saying here is to me, the only reason that I think that Joe Biden gets any votes in a general election right now, it's not going to be based on his record. It's not going to be based on his high ethical standards. It's not going to be on uh, his oratory skills. Uh, I don't think um, I I think it's going to be I hate Donald Trump versus Donald Trump. That's true. Uh, The essence of this election is about Donald Trump. Okay, and so uh, what, what are the, the numbers president... in the country? Now, did those numbers last night and in every primary and caucus state so far, Donald Trump has been setting record turnout. Records. Absolutely his. What does his that tell us? Fan base, which I put at 45%. But you know this coronavirus, this could cut into that because if it the economy, uh, you know, we got to watch that. But let's just say today, if the vote were held today, 45% of the electorate going to vote for Donald Trump today, in my opinion, my humble opinion, my simple man opinion. Now, all he needs, all Donald Trump needs, is five more percent to peel off. Now, that's a tough road for Biden to walk, but he does have corporate media on his side. You know that. They're going to just bludgeon Donald Trump from now until November. And whatever Biden does is going to be the greatest thing in the world. He's the Joe got off the mat. Joe couldn't get off the mat if there was a crane. All right. He didn't do anything. I mean, it was lucky that Clyburn came in and gave him the seal of approval. And that ignited Joe Biden. Plus, Bernie Sanders, come on. I mean, really, Bernie Sanders, an atheist socialist. This is a guy that's going to be representing the United States. No, let's not um, and, let's not gloss over though. You, here's something else we haven't we haven't talked about. Bernie Sanders' supporters are as rabid as Donald Trump's supporters. There's just fewer of them. Are they going to vote for Joe Biden? It's a great question. There's yeah, no indication they, last night. Lose, I mean, if they lose twelve to twenty percent of Sanders supporters who don't show up, that's it. Donald Trump's got it. I don't want to gloss over your comments about Corona. Now, if you look and you go back and you compare and you followed H1N1, the swine flu, as I did, and it took them. They never implemented a travel ban uh, while there was, I think, the Homeland Security uh, did announce an emergency to uh, yield some funding for for stopping it. A national emergency by the president was six months later after a thousand Americans had died and 20,000 Americans contracted the disease. The difference then versus now is Donald Trump in three weeks from the, the week we identified January 7th is when we identified Corona. January 31st, he had a travel ban in place and Americans returning from the region were quarantined for two weeks. I would argue thousands of Americans likely were prevented from contracting the virus as a result of those very bold steps very quickly, never been as fast ever. But 
They didn't weaponize the virus against Biden and Obama in 09 and 2010. They are doing that with Donald Trump. Absolutely. And there's another difference, and that's social media. So social media is hysterical now. If you get out of the mall and you ask people about the virus, if you cough, if you cough in Macy's, five guys grab you and throw you out in the parking lot. By the way, Bill, why do you think I'm not in the same studio as you right now? I don't don't know if you have corona or not. No, I'm, but you don't want to be compared to me because I'm so tall and handsome. <laughs> uh, I want to get back to the coronavirus because the president acted very quickly. He's not getting any credit for it uh, quicker than anybody else. When he took the travel ban and put that in place within three weeks of identifying the virus, Joe Biden's reaction is that xenophobic. Uh, CNN fake news, their reaction was we are stigmatizing people from other countries. And that never happened with H1N1, swine flu, when Biden was vice president, Obama's president. National emergency officially declared six months after 1,000 Americans died, 20,000 contracted the disease. Those are facts. Why aren't the facts being told by anybody except people like me and you? Because the media doesn't care about the facts anymore. There's no straight reporting. But I don't even think Americans are going to care about that. Uh, I think at this point... Most people have confidence that the federal government's doing what it should do. Uh, I think that encompasses liberals, too. It's only the kooks and the hate Trumpers and the corrupt media that's peddling, oh, they're not doing what they should do. Right. They, now, not to interrupt you, but just for the sake of time. All right, let's imagine we're going to start closing school districts. Let's imagine teleworking is encouraged by Dr. Fauci and, and others. Let's imagine real panic starts setting in. We can see the beginnings of it whipped into a frenzy uh, right. by the media. Right. What happens then? It all has to do with the economy. If people's uh, money and wallets and work is not affected, I don't think it will uh, put Donald Trump out of office. But if the economy does go into recession quickly and people get laid off, then it's going to be a benefit to the Democrats. So that is the economy is the big thing. I don't think Americans are going to going to blame Donald Trump for the virus, no matter how the panic rises. As it's impacting the economy now, Bill. I mean, we could see it. There's it no has, doubt it will have a short term impact, in, at least. It has impacted the stock market, but it's up big again today. It's up right. and it's down. It's in and it's out. It depends on layoffs and it depends on recession. So, you know, it's a challenge, and I'm sure I'm looking forward to your interview with Donald Trump tonight. Uh, and I, I know you're going to ask him about this, whether he's worried about the economy and how it's going to be impacted by the virus. But I don't think Americans are going to blame the president for this, no matter how the corrupt yeah. press tries to spin it. All right, BillOReilly.com, all things O'Reilly, the simple man that he is. Bill, thank you. Uh, we'll check in next week. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this post Super Tuesday edition of the Sean Hannity Show. President Trump on Hannity tonight. And in Arkansas, the result is too early to call. Please note Biden with 59 percent of that 1 percent. Bloomberg with 22 percent of the 1 percent. We'll go back and listen to Mike Bloomberg, who is fair to say not having the night he thought he paid for, not having the night he was hoping for. Ike's Lion Brian. Anyway, 25 till the top of the hour. Uh, looks like now it looks like it's Biden's to lose. You know, look, anything can kind of happen. There's still plenty of delegates out there available. Those 3,129 delegates 
in total before you get to the second ballot and the superdelegates and the real establishment could then weigh in and help on any way they possibly can. Uh, by the way, it looks like they're going to spend $7.7 billion to fight the coronavirus. You know, I, I, I really can't believe how you weaponize and politicize a virus. Pretty unbelievable. Anyway, so to get the nomination outright, you'd need 1,991 delegates to win. There's 3,129 delegates left. You basically have to win two-thirds, a little, little less than two-thirds. And... Uh, all right, so now you've got Biden with a you know less than 100 delegate lead, but he seems to have the momentum with him. But we've had a lot of momentum shifts all throughout this process. And I think then a lot is going to be riding on, all right, well, how does he stand up? Look, the one thing that I think you can say is very obvious is Joe Biden, Sleepy Joe is kind of a good nickname the president gave him. He just doesn't seem to have the strength, the stamina, the energy that is required for this job. And it looks like he's worn out half the time, which, you know, then raises the questions about all these nutty things that he's saying. And he's saying them now daily. It's it's not it's it's not an occasional gaffe. It's a daily gaffe. I put out a tweet last night. OK, on a scale of one to a thousand, how frightening is this getting? And then, of course, you have the hate Trump people. Yeah, well, Donald Trump, he speaks at the rally. Okay, Donald Trump's going off the cuff and he's riffing for two solid hours at the highest energy level of anybody. I don't see that kind of energy with Joe Biden. I don't see anybody excited about voting for Joe Biden. I think everybody's looking, oh, I guess we'll have to say good things about Biden. I don't think there are 15 people in the Democratic Party that have confidence in Joe Biden today. I think a lot of them are scared to death of his gaffes. A lot of them are scared to death on the corruption now and what fruit that might bear in Ukraine. And similarly with the U.S. Senate now, Ron Johnson's committee digging down deep into quid pro quo Joe, zero experience hunter, the millions paid, the shakedown, the fire the prosecutor, leveraging U.S. tax dollars to do it, a billion of them. Then he's got his record to run on. And then you've got the, the success of Donald Trump and promises made and promises kept. And America's going to have a big philosophical choice to make. And that is what direction do we want to go in as a country? And the first thing I'd ask is, why would you want to go back to what they gave us? We've had Biden eight years. We've watched the Biden-Obama foreign policy. Why they ever would give $150 billion to mullahs in Iran is, is beyond any comprehension that I have. That seems to be the M.O. of a lot of Democrats. That's what Clinton did with Kim Jong-il, Kim Jong-un's father. And that didn't bear any fruit. The mullahs, they're still still saber rattling and still chanting death to America and not exactly effective there. OK, they made the call to get bin Laden. I'll give them I'll tip the hat to them for making that call. Reports that Biden didn't support that call, but that's separate and apart. OK, but give him a tip of the hat. But. They wouldn't have had the intelligence, but for the enhanced interrogations of the Bush years. That's a fact, too, because we know from people that we've interviewed that were in the room, only three people got enhanced interrogations and one was KSM. And that's where he started talking about the courier and the communication with bin Laden. And that's how bin Laden communicated it. They identified the courier. They followed the courier to Pakistan. And there he was. And thank God we got him. Mike, Florida, how are you? We'll be watching you closely in 244 days, sir. The Sunshine State. What's going on? 
Hey, Sean, how you doing? I uh, hope you're having a great day. I'm having a, a great day. I'm a listener, and I finally have a uh, success story that I can uh, feel worthy of calling in to you to share with you because you had a, a part to do with it. Okay, I, I want to hear uh, about it. I met my wife in England uh, during a TDY temporary duty over to England, uh, 1980, and we've been married for over 39 years. Good and, for you. Uh, she never wanted to give up her uh, British citizenship, but uh, because in large part uh, watching you, she got hanitized several months ago, and watching you and uh, your network and the things you guys have been highlighting and making uh, her understand how important Trump's presidency is and how important it is to keep him in America as the president, to keep America great. She has decided to become an American citizen, and she passed her test last Tuesday and the 19th. She's going to be an American citizen for the sole purpose of voting for President Trump for our grandkids. And on top of that, my daughter-in-law is from the Philippines, and about a month ago she became an American citizen for the same reason. And I want to thank you for being such a great American and uh, helping people see the real truth. It is amazing. I, you know, look, it's, I think it's human nature. We always take good things in our life kind of for granted. And sometimes you, you have, you're, you're more introspective or reflective in life. And when you think of all the, the great things in your life and the blessings you have in life, we don't wake up every day with our busy schedules and all the jobs we do and all the people we end up taking care of and helping on a given day say, ah, oh, I am in the freest, greatest, best country God gave man. I, I don't wake up that, that way every day. You know, you just go about your grind and you work hard, but when you reflect and you compare and you contrast, wow, we really do live in the greatest country God gave man. You know, we, we have been so blessed in this country. The reason this country has been so successful is because of freedom. And you're describing a story about your wife of 39 years and, and how much she loves this country. People that come from other countries into this country and have come from countries that are far more restrictive and oppressive, prom, uh, countries that even promised health care, national health services, Great Britain. You mentioned Great Britain. Okay, well, they actually say, oh, you need a new knee, hip. Oh, you, you passed your age of life expectancy. Go home. Sort of like the Michael Bloomberg, the farmer plan on health care. Oh, you're 95. We're not going to take care of you. Go home. See your family. You're dead. Uh, you know, I don't trust government. There's a natural appeal that and that's why this battle is always never ending and ongoing. This is what I think Reagan meant when he said that freedom is but one generation away from extinction because people tend to forget and take for granted. How did we accumulate the wealth that this country has. It's because of freedom, not because of a government program. The the reassurances that liberals will give you, keep your doctor plan, save money. They make false promises to ease people's fears. Hey, they care about me. They're going to give me a government guaranteed job. They're going to give me guaranteed healthy food. And they're going to take care of my kids from the time they enter preschool all the way through college, and they're going to give me my loan money back and forgiveness, and they're going to pay for new health care, Medicare for all, and we're going to take better care of the environment, and we're going to get rid of the lifeblood of our economy, oil and gas and the internal combustion engine, and maybe even cows and planes eventually, and we'll be, all be healthier. It's not doable. The math is not there. These are promises 
that can never, ever be fulfilled. The only thing you give up in the process is your liberty and your freedom. You're empowering people to take this money, redistribute it for their own power purposes. They will disappoint you every single solitary time. It has failed every time it has been tried. But the system that we live in, it's made the course corrections and adjustments. And the American people then return, I would say, conservative values, constitutional values, perhaps a better term. When we return to the idea, ideal, that is America, and that is, you know, we're endowed by our creator, that thing, in other words, that Biden says, with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These are, these are God-given rights. They're not government-given rights. But as Barry Farber, my friend, would say, there's never been a country in the history of man that has accumulated more power and abused it less than this country. Never been. There's no perfect people or country. I add, there's never been a country in the history of man that has accumulated more power that has used it for the advancement of human condition than this country. It's happened because of innovation. It's, it's happened because our inventors invent, our manufacturers manufacture, our, our energy sector gives us the lifeblood to do all of these things. The innovation in science and in math and technology, artificial intelligence, computers, I mean, I, I go back. I start my radio career. I don't have a computer to get information. Uh, I have right now in front of me the ability to call up on my cell phone any bit of information I might want. Google. You Google this. Google that. What an incredible invention. Now, the politics aside with any of these big tech companies, the we have... We continue to advance in pretty much everything, but it's only because we live in a country where whatever talents, gifts we are born with, and I believe we're all children of God and we're born with talent, we get to bring those talents to fruition. And while we're doing that, we create goods and services that fellow citizens of the world would want, need, and desire. We bring it to the marketplace and we succeed. And then we use that money and it becomes a, a thriving economy. Then we, we hire a builder. We build a house. We go out to the auto store. We get a car. And we go to a restaurant because we can afford it because we've made enough money producing our goods and services for others. And it just works out perfectly. It's also an, an honest system. It, dis, it encourages greatness in people. It's a natural stress, not a horrible stress, to go out there and do your part. And it's like everything else in life, the harder you work, the better you're going to do. Why people feel this antipathy, hatred towards successful people. I, I don't know people that are successful that don't work hard every day. I don't know those people. Everybody that I know that has achieved any level of success gets up and they pound it every day. They grind it every single day and they do it with passion, even if they like their job or don't like their job. But most people, when they get to work, want to do a good job. There's a natural stress that causes them to do a good job. For other people that make other choices in life, bad choices in life, they pay a very dear price. And so, and we still have a safety net. We still want to be compassionate. We want to help people out. 
you know, go back to Cinderella Man. There's a, a moment in that movie, you know, where there's a couple of moments in that movie. One is when Cinderella Man, it's the story of this. What's the guy's name, Linda, the boxer? It's a real life, real life story in New Jersey. James Braddock is the guy in the movie, featured in the movie. It's a true story. And it's a Cinderella story. And at one point in his life, he had to get welfare. And he talks at another point um, how when he got the welfare and then he came back and started making money, became the world champion, how he gave the money back. And he said, what a great country that will help a man when he's down and out. There's a horrible scene in that movie where he needed to get the lights back on and he was short like 18 bucks. So he was down and out of boxing and they wouldn't even let him box at that point. And he went and all these big wigs that used to make a lot of money off him you know, he's begging them with his hat in hand and, you know, I need $18 and whatever many cents to get my lights on so I can get my kids back. It's heartbreaking, but it's all true. We're a great people. We're the most generous people. We're the most innovative people. We, we, have, we have literally led the world in many ways from conditions of darkness into technological genius. That happened because of freedom didn't happen because the government guaranteed everybody their health care and their job and their food and their retirement. Those promises can never be fulfilled. Don't believe them. It's impossible. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. All right, on this post-Super Tuesday edition, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern news information you will not get anywhere else. And the president of the United States, Donald Trump, reacts to the Super Tuesday results, the latest on coronavirus what this campaign will be about from his perspective, and much, much more. 9 Eastern, we hope you'll say a DVR. Hannity, Fox News, we'll see you then. Back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us.